0: more. This is Equip and Empower, the Christine Kane podcast. For everyone who desires to bring hope, create change, and live out their God-given destiny with passion and joy. Here's your host, Christine Kane. Hey guys, it's Chris here. Welcome back to our Hello Summer series right here on the Equip and Empower podcast. I am so glad you've joined me for today's episode because we are gonna talk about trading heaviness for God's hope. And there is no doubt that every single one of us has had to fight against heaviness, particularly in these past few years. But I'm here to remind you that heaviness doesn't have to define our future. With God on our side, we can choose to be prisoners of hope. We can live with confidence that even when our circumstances threaten to take us out, our God is bigger than our circumstances. If you're feeling burdened, weighed down by all of the hardships in life, this episode will empower you to find a path to limitless hope. Before we dive in, take a moment to go download the Hello Summer Reflection Guide at christinekane.com forward slash podcast if you haven't done that already. It's going to help you pursue hope in your everyday life. So you ready? Let's dive in together. So grateful that you have joined us today. I know that God's got a word for you. I'm believing that he's going to speak into your heart. Now, I am fired up about what we're going to talk about today. Who he likes waiting? (laughs) Okay, I have the most impatient group in the world. Maybe on the other side of the screen, you're like, man, what what do you mean? Like waiting for what? Uh, No, you know, I am. and probably the worst waiter of anybody that I know. Not like waiter waiter, like I'm actually a really good waiter because I worked in a cafe for (laughs) six years all the way through. And I love it. I always say to people, if I wasn't doing this, I would be owning a taverna on the Greek island of Santorini and I would be waiting on people. So there's nothing I love to do more than that. But waiting for things and especially waiting for things from God like everyone's like says you know he's an on-time God I wish I could sing to you all right now because I'd start singing he's an on-time God but it would not bless any of you <laughs> uh, but the fact is that you know I don't know God might be on time for everyone else but he likes to make me wait I'm like like really could you like hurry up obviously our clocks are set to different times but anyway um, what we're gonna do over the next couple of weeks is I want us to learn what it is to wait upon God what does it mean to wait on God what does it mean to wait in a world that doesn't want to wait for anything. I mean, we have everything. We don't just have Amazon or Amazon Prime, but we've got Amazon now because you know I cannot wait for 35 seconds for that thing to come I can't do it you know we've got our apps and we've got stuff on like I just want to you know uber like you when I was growing up there was no such thing as uber I mean uber is a verb now now we uber as in it's something that we do and I'm thinking the thing did not even exist when I was growing up you know I'm gonna book my table now on open table if that restaurant doesn't want me I'm gonna to go to that whatever happened to lining up and waiting we're like no see you. I wouldn't want to be you. or you know like if we're gonna to go to a show Nobody lines up to buy tickets anymore. You know, we get, I want it all now and I want it in the place that I am. And we are not good at waiting and we miss out on a lot of things because we're not willing to wait for the right things. And if we were willing to wait for the right things in the timing of God, we would see our lives become so much more effective and so much more fruitful. And what we're going to do is we're going to learn what it is to drop the weights and wait. And so we're going to turn to Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 28. I'm Australian, so we say Isaiah. I'm in a room full of Americans and they say, Isaiah. Isaiah. I say tomato, you say tomato. tomato. Okay, there you go. But this is actually how you say it in the proper English, <laughs> <laughs> just so that you all know. So Isaiah chapter 40 says, Have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? I could run laps right here. Now I'm so fired up myself. The creator of the heavens and of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. How many are glad that God doesn't faint or grow weary? I mean, seriously, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love this because, you know, now that I'm over 50. You know, I've been confessing this scripture over my life for a whole lot of years. People think that I am like a super energizer bunny. They're like, Christine, how do you keep going? And you can't fluke this for three decades. I've been going, I've been following Jesus for three decades. And I'm telling you, I've just been getting more fired up the older I get. But that's because part of this is I confess this scripture. I say, you know what? Lord, you said that those that wait upon you, that you're go- we're going to renew our strength. That I'm going to mount up on wings like eagles. I'm going to run and not grow weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. So I don't care what they say. I'm not going to become one of these old people that runs and gets weary or walks. I'm not, I don't want to be one of these boring old people that walks around and goes, I go to work the same way. I watch the same programs. I wear the same clothes. I'm grumpy and mean because I know all the better way. You know, those Christians, those really mean believers you meet, they've been, I've been in the way for 40 years. <laughs> they look like really depressed. I'm like, can you get out of the way? But anyway, so that's not the, I mean, you know, or you go to like grandma's place for dinner and you're like, oh my word, like when was the last time she had a good day? Last millennium or something. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. I want people to say, man, she's been walking with Jesus for 30 years and she is more full of love, more full of joy, more full of peace, more full of kindness. I want to be totally on fire for Jesus I just think Christians ought to be the naughtiest people in the world okay like okay listen to me not heretical not illegal not unethical not immoral just Naughty, you know, just like a little bit on the edge. There ought to be a little spring in our step, a little glint in our eye. Something that says, oh, come on, anything can happen. And it probably will. I love that my my kids are like, mum, take a chill pill. And they're like, you know, I I must be okay because they still want me to go and they want me to speak at their school. So that's a big deal. I really know that I'm doing okay when my 13 year old daughter says, you can come and do the school assembly. That's when I know that it's all okay. But she's like, mum, I'm going to tell you what to do. And don't act like that. And don't wear that. And don't say that. But you know what? At least they still want me there. And I'm like 52 years old. I refuse. Now, I don't want to be mutton dressed up as lamb. I'm not trying to look like I'm 23. And um, I'm not. This is all my skin, exactly as it is, just so in case you were wondering. And so the point is I'm not trying to, like, look young in that way. I want to be young at heart. I want to have a spirit and a life that says I wake up every day and I know the source of life himself. So I don't know if you're supposed to act like a mature, like, whatever, 52 supposed to act like but I want to act like a radical for Jesus Christ full of the life of God full of the love of God full of the purpose of God full of the passion of God and it's biblical because it says that if I wait upon God my strength's going to be renewed that I'm going to run and not grow weary I love that at about the 10k mark in a jog I go you will keep running and not growing weary (laughs) and you will walk and not faint but there ought to be something about the Spirit of God on the inside of us that makes us not get worse with age, but get better with age, not get grumpier with age, but get happier with age because we're full of the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to remind your face that you're happy. And so, you know, just to make it. Now, this text in the book of Isaiah, it was written to the people of God in Babylonian exile. And basically, you know, it looks beyond this period of exile to the future and it's speaking hope and it's speaking life. I mean, they are getting so anxious and they're like, look, God, you did it once for us. We were in slavery in Egypt and you set us free and we came out of Egypt in the book of Exodus into the wilderness and then into the promised land. And they're kind of going, will you do it again, God? We're in captivity now. We're in bondage now. Some of us, that's exactly how we feel. And we are in a sense, even as Christians on planet Earth in the 21st century, we are pilgrims on our journey. The reason you have this sense of angst, you go, you feel like I don't belong here. doesn't matter how much money you might have, how much you love your job. Maybe you're feeling even, you know, contentious. Studying what you want to study, you've got the friends that you think you have, but deep down, we go to bed at night and go, you know what? I just don't feel like it's all right here. I don't feel like I totally belong here. That's because you don't. If you are in Christ, you are a pilgrim on a journey. We are sojourners. We are just passing through. The Scripture says, actually, the Scripture calls us a peculiar people. So you've been wondering why you're weird. That's why. It's biblical. We are a peculiar people. There's something about us that goes, I never feel totally at home here. I never feel totally at rest, even if I have everything. And I know every, there's just something. And that's something is home is heaven home is what we're on our way to but but they're in this place of exile in a physical exile as well. Most of us are not in a physical exile. We are spiritually in exile. We're not home yet. We're on our way home. That's what the cool thing is about being a Christian. We just don't die because we're born again. We're already dead. Remember, we died to self. We're alive to Christ. So if you're wondering about if you're going to die, you've already died once. It's okay. And so we are (laughs) born again and we're going to live for all of eternity. So I don't freak out. People go, you know, why are you freaking out about dying? I'm like, no, it happens to everyone. Just live long enough. And so the fact is no one gets out of life alive. And so when you're born again, that fear is taken out. Death has lost its sting because I'm not worried about dying because I'm going home. Now, death is most likely the thing I'm going to have to pass through in order to get there. I mean, if Jesus wants to take me, I'm ready anytime I can be translated. But most of us are going to get home via death. But the issue is these Christians or these Israelites were in Babylonian exile, in captivity, longing for home. Longing for home, longing for their people, longing for their customs, longing for their food. They were away from there. And God says, hey, in the midst of all of this, would you still trust me? God's saying to them, in the midst of your exile, I'm not going to do what I did last time. I did something miraculous in that I parted the Red Sea. Children of Israel came out of Egypt. He's already said to them, behold, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do a brand new thing. Don't look back to the old deliverance because the deliverance that I'm about to do, it's going to be a new thing and it's going to be a new day. And a lot of us, we're looking back going, okay, God, would you do that again? I don't need God to do that again. I need to do the big picture of what He did um, to bring me out and take me in. But what I want is, I want the new thing that God is doing. I want the future that God is proclaiming. I want the promise that He's got for me in the future. Future. And so God's saying to them in the midst of your exile, in the midst of this time of suffering, in the midst of this time of pain, in the midst of this time of captivity in your life, I want you to wait upon me. Wait upon my word. Stand upon my promise. Hope on my faithfulness. Expect good things From my hand, You see, I don't know if there's anyone in this room and you are waiting for deliverance from something. These people of God were waiting for deliverance. They're like, God, we're still in slavery here. We're still in bondage here. We're still in Babylonian captivity here. And God's saying, okay, while you wait, I still want you to hope. I don't want you to wait in defeat. I don't want you to wait in fear. I don't want you to wait in negativity. I don't want you to wait as someone that has no hope. But I want you to trust on my promises. I want you to trust in my faithfulness. I want you to know that I'm going to come. Through And some of you, you, you need some deliverance. You're like, God, I need you to come through. I feel like I'm in bondage and I feel like I need some sort of breakthrough spiritually or relationally or physically or financially or emotionally. You feel exhausted. You feel weary. You feel like you are at the end of yourself and you are giving up. And you're like, man, God, if I do not hear from you, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm giving up. And I'm here to tell you that your God is faithful, that your God hears your prayer, that your God will make a way where. There is no way. Your God will fill you with promise. Your God will fill you with hope. He loves you. He loves you. There's no doubt about it. But here's the good news. When you come to the end of yourself, then you are at the place where you're at the beginning of God. Because when you are full of yourself, there's no room for God. Some of us, we are just so capable. We're so able. We're so resourced. We're so connected. We're so hooked up that we don't even need God. We're so in control of everything that we don't need, God. I haven't come for those people that are so full of everything that you don't need anything today. I've come for those people that feel empty, that feel weary, that feel exhausted, that feel like you've just got nothing left to give. Our world is spiralling out of control. Our world is full of chaos. People, unprecedented rates of depression, unprecedented rates of anxiety, unprecedented rates of pain and suffering and heartache. And we feel like, man, this world is spiralling out of control. there any hope? Is there any purpose? I want you to know that just because you feel empty, you feel weary, you feel dried out. It's not the end. It's the beginning of God. And your God will fill you with His rivers of living water that will come to overflow, that will bring you life, that will bring you hope and that will bring you purpose. You have got to believe that your God is good, your God does good, and your God will work all things together for your good and for His glory. It's what He does. So how do you do it? How do you do it? The first thing we have to do is we have to assume a posture of receptivity. See, a lot of us, we are running around and we're not ready to receive from God because we're just so busy, either just keeping ourselves busy or just trying to pour out so much that we've got nothing left to give. God gives strength to the weary, to the faint and to the exhausted. I've come to set someone free today. I've come to set someone free. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to be in a world that tells you you have got to be the best and the biggest and the fastest. I mean, you go to a supermarket to get some groceries and you're standing at the aisle and there's 50 magazines that are telling you you're not thin enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not connected enough. Everything's telling you you are not enough. You are not enough. What you've got isn't. If you just had this you're going to be happier. If you were just dating that person, you'd be so much happier. If you just had more of this in your life, you'd just be, everything is geared to tell you that you are not enough. And so many of us feel like losers all the time because of our world. And then we exasperate things because we get on social media and we start scrolling through everybody else's life. And we start looking at everybody else's life and we're comparing with everybody else. And we were happy with our living room until we got on Pinterest. (laughs) And then we are like, You've got to be kidding me. you got to be. We were happy with our family until we saw everybody else's curated and filtered family. We were happy with our friends until we saw why are they out with them and they didn't invite me and they didn't come and they didn't tag me on this post. And we spiral into depression and we spiral into shame and we spiral into pain. And then we wonder why we're emptied out and exhausted. And we wonder why. We feel like we're walking around all the time incomplete and depressed. And so what happens is that we have to make a decision that, you know what, God, I, I am empty and I need You. And my posture, my posture is one of, of just receiving, God, I need You to pour Yourself out into me. I'll tell you one of the best things for any person, any Christian, is to be a desperate person, desperate for more of God. We've got a world that says you've got to get it together. You've just got to be the best. You've got to be able to do everything in your own strength. And God's going, I'm I'm just looking for you to need me. I'm just looking for you to want me. I am just so, I I think why God uses me is because like I'm desperate. I don't even care. I am not good enough. I don't need to look at it in the magazine. I don't need a magazine to tell me that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, I know I'm not enough. That's why I serve the God of more than enough because it takes all the pressure off me to try to be enough. You don't know, I don't feel like I've got to get out there and post anything to anyone to go, I'm awesome. I'm like, I know I'm not. It's so relieving. A dork for Jesus. It's fantastic. I'm so happy. I don't need to be anything other than who He made me to be. And He is everything I'm not. He can fill every need that I have. He can help mend every wound that I have. He can heal the deepest pain in my heart. He can help me to love the unlovable. He can help me to forgive the unforgivable. He can help me to give when I don't even feel like I've got any capacity to do that. God makes up for my lack. Some of us, we're trying to make up for our lack by ourselves. And then we wonder why we're exhausted. We wonder why we're weary. We wonder why we're running out and we never feel like enough because we're trying to do in our own strength what we can only do in God's strength. Get off the hamster wheel of the world that says you've got to be coolest, you've got to be the best, you've got to be the biggest, do it your way. I'm like, why, why? I'm not that good. I'm a finite mortal human being on my best day. (laughs) On my best day, I have no capacity to do the supernatural thing that God's put me on this earth to do. I need God. I'm a desperate woman. I'm ashamed I'm a desperate. People who are, oh she's a bit desperate? I know, I know, I really am. I desperately need more of Jesus. I desperately need His mercy. I desperately need His grace. I desperately need His love. I desperately need His joy. I desperately need His peace. I desperately need His goodness. I desperately need His kindness. I desperately need Jesus. Yeah. So when you have that posture, of desperation for Jesus, I think he kind of likes it Mm -hmm. because he says, wow, let me pour myself into you and you're going to look so good. I tell people, I look so much better than I really am. And it's not because I'm good. It's because I know I need Jesus and He's good. And honestly, if you stop trying to perform for Jesus, if you start trying to impress other people and you start just filling yourself with Him, then He will flow out of you and He will touch everything around you and you will look awesome because people go, how do you do that? You're like, I don't know. He did it. <laughs> he did it. So good. To have this utter dependence on Him is awesome. To be utterly aware of your own weakness is awesome. Because when I'm weak, then guess what he is? Strong. And so anytime I look strong, guess whose strength it is? It's not mine. It's like I'm borrowing God's. Not bad. God. This is like God. He like burped earth. Oops, look what I did. Oops, there it is. This is God. He like put the sun up there and he said, go up every morning, come down every night. He only told it once a few million years ago. And guess what? That's what it does. Every morning, every night. And God only has to tell you once. There's a lot of power there. There's a lot of power there. And so when people go, wow, Chris, in your 50s, you're still doing all this stuff that you do. I'm like, yeah, because I've learned the secret Mm. of leaning into God, of desperately Mm. staying utterly dependent on God. I don't care. I don't get up trying to impress people. I get up trying to remain faithful to God. My faithfulness to Him will take me way further than me trying to impress any other person. And we live in a world of comparison and competition and trying to impress each other. And people are exhausted. People are just exhausted because they just can't keep up. And you wonder why we have addiction at the rates that we've got it, why people are trying to numb their pain and trying to escape from reality. It's because they can't even keep up with the pressure they put on themselves to try to somehow live up to something that God's not expecting from them. But they've either put that pressure on themselves or are somehow succumbing to a pressure in the world. So a posture of receptivity in a world that says, do it your wor- way. I mean, the biggest statement for our world, when they pull up a time capsule in 100 years and they look back at 2019 and they're going to look back and go, what was the big statement of the people in 2019? What was their big mantra for their life? And, you know, they're going to read this really weird thing. You do you, Boo. And everyone's going to be like, what is that? You do you, boo. I'm like, yeah, man, you just be you. You just be you. You just assert yourself. You just do you, boo. Be the best version of you. I'm like, whoa, how exhausting. How exhausting. How much better to totally rely on Jesus. Totally rely on Jesus and go, you know what? I just can't. Life's hard, man. Life's really hard. Life's tough. There are times when life is really painful I I can't do this thing. I'm just hands up, white flag up. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not feeling like I'm weak because I need. I couldn't do my marriage without Jesus. I couldn't be a half normal mother. And I think on most days, my daughters would think that I probably am. So I couldn't even be that without Jesus. There is no way I could lead A21 around the world without Jesus. There is no way I could lead Propel all around the world without Jesus. There is no way I could get up and do this without Jesus. I don't have enough going for me on the inside to be able to sustain this or maintain this. But I thank God that I don't need to be. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you need to be awesome. You need to be gifted. You need to be talented. All you need to be is desperate for Jesus because Jesus is awesome. Jesus is gifted. Jesus is talented. Jesus is the one that never runs Try, take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to perform for Him or for anyone else. You just need to desperately be utterly dependent upon Him. So ask yourself today, are you running on fuel or flames? Because that's the deal. Are you running on Holy Ghost fuel? Or are you running on the flames of your own ability, your own gift, because that's not going to hold you. You know, what will happen or, or just the fumes of, of something that happened yesterday, fumes will kill you. Fuel, Holy Ghost fuel, that's going to sustain you. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. How do you do that, man, without an upper? How do you do that? How on earth do you run and not grow weary? How do you do that? I'm telling you, Holy Ghost power is better than any upper. It won't destroy you. It won't ruin you. It will help to sustain you. The strength of the Holy Spirit of God. You were never meant to do this life alone. You were never meant to do it. Jesus saved us and then sealed us with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. I thank God for the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Have you ever had any Gatorade or Powerade? People go, what's like the Holy Ghost like, Christine? I go, it's like my Gatorade. I don't know, like you just, you know, you drink normal water, you don't get those extra nutrients. You drink some Holy Ghost Gatorade and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, i got some Holy Ghost power. I can do some things I couldn't do because of the strength of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I can be kind when I couldn't have been kind. I can be patient when I couldn't have been patient. I can be loving when I didn't think I had the capacity to love in this sort of situation. I can bring peace into chaotic situations. I've got self-control in a world that is out of control. I can be good in a very bad world. And I can see the blind. I can see miracles happen. I can see signs and wonders happen. We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can speak in other tongues. We can speak mysteries to God. We've got Holy Ghost power that enables us to do what God has called us to do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Ghost power. Thanks for listening today. We hope today's message has encouraged and helped you. By the way, we'd love to see you positioned to experience all the great things God wants to do in your life. And we've got a special gift that'll help you do that. Just go to christinecain.com forward slash podcast devotional and download your free copy of Christine's 14-day devotional, Spiritual Growth Spurts.